Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. I want to welcome everyone who is here as well as everyone who may be watching online and watching on CBS. Can we give it up at both locations, Lakeland and Heiko, for all the people who are watching online? I know we have people watching from all different states and nations, and we just want to say thank you for taking the time to tune in and have some church with us. And I want to encourage you to pull out your pad and pull out your Bible. We're going to walk through some scripture today, and I think we're going to leave this place encouraged. Uh, how many of you know in life we're going to walk through some difficult times? Have any of you figured that out? Anybody at either location, have you figured that out, that in life we are going to walk through some difficult times? And I love the fact that Scripture and our Heavenly Father does not hide that from us, that we are going to go through things that hurt us, that due to Adam's fall and due to an enemy that we have, how many of you know God's not the enemy? Let's just always, let's just establish that before we move on to anything else. Uh, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. But he also said that there is a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And oftentimes in life, we have seen that, that you have seen health maybe stolen from you, or you have seen maybe a relationship be destroyed Sometimes within the fabric of our own souls, we will see joy be hurt or stolen from us, peace that is stolen from us. And scripture is clear that these things will happen, but I also love that it tells us that we are not alone when these kinds of things happen. One scripture that I've been meditating on this week is found in the book of 2 Corinthians. They'll put it up on the screens. Um, it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, bl- uh, in verse 3 and then verse 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and notice this, the God of all comfort goes on to say in verse 4, who comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in, notice this, any trouble by the comfort wherewith he comforts us by. So here we have this amazing God who tells us that we are going to walk through tribulation. But he says in the middle of this tribulation that God will comfort us And bring us to a place of wholeness where not only are we comforted, but we are able to give comfort to those who may be affected by that tribulation as well. Jesus said this in John chapter 14 and verse 18. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. Comfortless. Now, I know this year, 2020, uh, has been a year that has taxed a lot of different people. Mentally, emotionally, maybe some of you even financially have seen this year kind of affect you in a different way. I think as a nation and as a world, we have all experienced a collective trauma that uh, we have to give ourselves allowance for. You know, oftentimes we see anger. And I think I I even this week heard uh, a person say that they were angry at God. 
And when you hear that, or when God hears that, God is not upset by that. Because God understands the bulk of anger always springs from hurt. Anytime you see someone angry, that anger normally stems from hurt. I've seen this in pastoring uh, for close to 20 years now. Um, that most of the, the angriest people I know are the, hurt, the, the, the people who have been hurt the most. That most anger springs out of that hurt. And I think we have a hurting nation right now. I think we have uh, hurting families right now. And I think each one of us have kind of walked through collectively some hurts as well. When those hurts come, one of the things that I always look for in my own life, and when I'm pastoring people, I look for this as well, is something called numbing. Now, whenever we experience pain, I don't know if you've noticed this in your own life, I know I've noticed it in mine and in the lives of those I counsel with, uh, that whenever we experience pain, we don't like it, and we want to get rid of it, and so oftentimes we'll numb the pain. So if we have a physical pain, we seek to numb the pain. If there's an itch and it's bothering us, we want some itch cream to kind of numb the pain. And while we numb pain physically, did you know you can also numb pain spiritually and numb pain mentally as well? That when you walk through things in life that hurt your mind and your spirit, uh, we feel that hurt. And that hurt is manifested by agitation, irritation, grief, uh, depression, sadness. All of those things spring out of hurt. And when we experience that hurt, we don't like it. And there's something on the inside of us that wants to repel from it, so we numb the pain. The problem with numbing the pain is it doesn't fix it for the long term. It solves a temporary problem. Uh, but it does not fix anything intrinsically. It does not make us whole. Numbing behaviors would be things like this. Here are some of the, the milder ones, but they're numbing nevertheless. Excessive video games, excessive television, uh, excessive social media. Uh, in this season, we have seen a rise in how much people watch the news. And I know from someone who studies people and counsels people that one of the biggest reasons why people watch the news is to get away from their own problem. Because it's much easier to forget about my problems when I can see how big your problems actually are. And in fact, your problems make me feel a little bit better about mine. And so out of that, uh, we fall into these traps of now we have indulged, this came to me in prayer this week, we have indulged our inner Esau. You ever indulge your inner Esau? You remember Esau in the Old Testament? He's a, a guy who came in one day tired, frustrated, angry, vexed, uh, all of these emotional places and emotional things. And you know, you hear me say this all the time, but it's the truth. When emotion is high, wisdom is low. When you're incredibly excited, not the time to make a decision. When you're incredibly sad, not the time to make a decision. Because when emotion is high, wisdom is low. And here you see this emotional state Esau is in. He's tired, he's vexed, he's angry, all these types of things. He's been hunting all day and without food. And he comes in, he smells a pot of soup that his brother has made for him. And you know the story. He trades his long-term potential for something that will numb his current pain. 
So he trades his future for something that will temporarily fix the present. So he gives his birthright for a pot of soup. And whenever I numb, what I do is I indulge my inner Esau. Uh, that I, I don't want to have this conversation with you right now, so I'll just watch seven hours of Netflix. Uh, like, I, I don't want to fix this right now, uh, and you're upset, I'm upset, so I'll just go eat a whole row of Oreos. Like, every, anybody eat the whole row? Like, not just two, but the whole row. Anybody, anybody ever taken out a pack of double-stuffed Oreos? Like, right? Why, why do we do those things? It's not just because we love Oreos. Oreos or Netflix or video games, it's because there's something in my reality I don't want to experience. So instead of experiencing, I numb it. And the issue with that is whenever I numb it, it never gets better, it only gets worse. You see this is akin to leprosy in Scripture. Leprosy in Scripture is not a disease that makes like a finger fall off. Leprosy in Scripture takes away your ability to feel When you have leprosy, your nerve endings die. So when you get a cut, you don't feel the cut. And because you don't feel the cut, the cut then gets infected. And that infection then drives more pain deeper in you. But you didn't even know you were in pain because you were so numb. And so instead of the cut getting fixed, now the cut is getting worse and worse and worse until finally you've lost something you can't get back. And this is what our culture does all the time because we have so many things that say this will ease your pain. Come watch this. Come eat this. Then you get into more destructive types of numbing behaviors. Come drink this. Come use this. And it will take away the current pain. But anytime I numb, I'm always trading my future for my present. And so God comes in and he's like, look, okay, I'll be honest with you. He says, you are going to go through tribulation. He said, I'm telling you right now, you are going to go through tribulation. You are absolutely going to face things that wear you out, spirit, soul, and body. You're going to have hurts. You're going to have wounds. You're going to have enemies. Did you know the Bible tells you you're going to have enemies? You're going to have enemies. You're going to have frenemies. Enemies that were friends, and now they've turned on you. You're going to have these things. You're going to be hurt. But I will be the God of all comfort who will comfort you in any tribulation because I will not leave you comfortless. Comfort is the absolute opposite of numbing. Numbing is what we do to escape pain shortly and temporarily. This, what God is talking about, comfort, is the process by which we become whole again and walk in the peace of God. The word peace in the New Testament means this. It doesn't mean like sinful meditation and that kind of thing. This word peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. That you have come to a place of wholeness. Uh, The example, best case of of this, how it's used in Scripture, is the man who was laid by the the gate every day, and they're passing by, and he's like, sir, give me some money, and Peter and John are like, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk, and he gets to, to walking and leaping and praising God, and they come back to Peter and John, 
And they're like, we have gods among us. And they're like, why do you look on us? Is that by our own power, our own faith, we were able to make this man walk. But faith, yes, I say faith, in the name of Jesus has given this man this perfect soundness. Perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Before, here you see this imagery of this man who is broken in many different ways. He's not only broken physically, but he's broken financially. But Jesus has come in in his life, and Jesus has given him perfect soundness. He has restored health unto him. How many of you know, come on at both locations, how many of you know that we have a healer and his name is Jesus, that the Lord God is our great physician? And no matter what is broken in our life, the healer can come in and give us perfect soundness. Now, here's what's amazing about God. He says, here's how I'm going to comfort you. I'm not just going to, like, pray comfort over you. I'm not just going to tell you, be comforted. He said, instead, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a comforter. Now, open up your Bibles with me. We're going to look at this in John chapter 14. And we're going to look at a, a lot of verses of Scripture today. We're going to look at John, and then we're going to look at the book of Acts. But in John chapter 14, I want you to notice this in verse number 16. John 14 and verse number 16. Here Jesus is talking. How do we know? It's in red. They made it easy for us. In John chapter 14 and verse 16, Jesus says, I will pray to the Father and he will give you, you can underline it, highlight it, put parentheses around it, another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world, now notice this part, the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he will dwell, notice this, with you and shall be in you. I'm going to give you another comforter. I'll not leave you comfortless because I'm going to give you a comforter. Who is the comforter? He says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. We'll come back to that. But he will be with you, and he will be in you. All throughout John 15, 16, and 17, or 14, 15, 16, and 17, you see Jesus knowing the disciples are about to go through tribulation. He knows Peter's about to deny him. Uh, he knows his disciples are all about to forsake him. He knows it's going to look like he lost when he gets crucified. And so he has a moment where he wants to take communion with them. But before he communicates, he has a conversation with them. And this conversation is recorded in John 14, 15, 16, all the way to 17. And you see Jesus tell him, I need you to know something. I, I need you to get this in your heart. I am going to send you a comforter. And he says this over and over and over again. Look at this in, in, on our X screen. They'll pull it up on the screens in John chapter 14 and verse 26. But the comforter, which is who? The Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Go to the next one. Jesus is constantly talking about the comforter. Next screen. John 15 and 26. But when the comforter has come, 
whom, whom will send unto you from the Father, even notice who the comforter is, the spirit of truth which proceedeth from, notice, uh, the Father, he will testify of me. John 16 and verse 7. Now put that one up. Nevertheless, I tell you, Jesus said the truth. It is expedient or good for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter. And he says, the comforter, is you need to know this, he is the Holy Spirit. This word comforter, it, it means something very interesting. It, it, if you were to break it down in the Greek, it just simply means the parakletos. Another word for it is the paraclete. It means someone who is your intercessor, someone who is your counselor, someone who is your strengthener, and someone who is a present help in a time of trouble. He said, I am going to send you a counselor who will be with you and he will be in you. I'm going to send you a strengthener who will be with you and he will be in you. I'm going to send you an advocate. When you're in trouble, I'm going to send you an ever-present help for that time of trouble. And I'm telling you now who it is. It's another comforter. It is the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this week, I had uh, something that just knocked the breath out of me in every way, physically, mentally, and spiritually. A couple of months ago, I was praying in the Spirit, and as I was praying, the Lord dealt with me on several different occasions, a couple of times privately and then a couple of times publicly in staff prayer uh, that there was some darkness on the horizon of time. How many of you know the Lord will show you things to come? That one of the, the job descriptions of the Holy Spirit is to bring all things to your remembrance, so he'll remind you of what Jesus said to you in the past, but he said the Holy Spirit will also show you things to come. He'll also show you the future. So in your Bible, you see where God has brought things to your remembrance, what has happened in the past. But did you know also in your Bible you can turn to the end of it and read about what will happen in the future? That in the book of Revelations you see a world that we have not stepped into yet. A life that we have not stepped into yet. Because the job of the Holy Spirit is to not just bring to your remembrance the things that happened in the past. But the job of the Holy Spirit is to also show you things to come. And so God is the revealer of secrets. And he doesn't hide things from us uh, so that we don't know about it. He hides things for us so that he can lead us into it. And often the Lord will show you something in the future so that your heart is prepared for it and your heart is ready for it. And the Lord dealt with me that coming in the fall there would be a darkness that we would go through and that I would go through and I needed to prepare for it. And then even maybe on a national level, that there would be even some things on the horizon of time that, that may come up in the fall of a, a darkness and a heaviness and those kinds of things. And as I began praying for that, the Lord began to show me to pray for it where it wouldn't be as strong as what the enemy wanted it to be, but also to make preparations for it mentally and physically and spiritually and all those types of things. And I have a plan to walk through it. And a part of that plan was this series, From Hurt to Whole, a new series that we're starting this weekend. 
And so we, I had something this week. Um, on Sunday night, we had a church member pass away. And then on Tuesday, we had a church member pass away. And the one on Tuesday, they both were surprising. But the one on Tuesday, uh, when I heard about it, it was so personal to me. When my wife called me and told me the news, uh, it literally knocked the breath out of me. Like I couldn't breathe. And so I I gathered myself, I kind of staggered, and I I gathered myself, and I walked in the house. I was standing outside uh, on the patio on another phone call. And I walked in the house, and I went uh, into our bedroom, and I have a chair there. That was the chair my my father sat in and, and prayed in. I just sat down in the chair. And immediately, I have all of this pain and hurt that has entered my life on a scale of which that honestly I had not encountered in a long time. And as soon as this happens, I felt the comforter. Now all of this, and I know the, the, the logic of this, especially for those of you who might be against organized religion or those who may be watching on Facebook who it's like, you know, you see like these religious types of entities that may be out of touch with life and... None of this are, are, are things that, like, I'm just preaching. In fact, this particular message, I did not have it in this series. I didn't. But then the Lord showed me, what did you turn to this week when you were hurt? And I'm like, I turned to this. He's like, exactly. That's the first thing everybody should turn to. I've given you a comforter. Why? You're going to need it. In this world, there will be tribulation. But the God of all comfort will give you comfort. And he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. And here's how I'm not. I'm going to send another comforter to you. And I sat down in this seat and I began to pray in the spirit. And I just opened up my mouth and began to pray in the spirit. I didn't know how to pray, but I've got someone who does. I've got an intercessor. And I began to pray. And I'm telling you the truth, the power of the Lord showed up in that moment and gave me strength and counsel and help in a time of need. Why? He knew I needed it. And so do you. And here's what's interesting about John chapter 14, and I want everyone to look at this with me, both locations online. Check this out, John chapter 14 and verse 16. I'll pray to the Father, he'll give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world, notice that, cannot receive. The world cannot receive. The world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he will dwell with you and will be in you. Now, when Jesus says this, he immediately sets out doctrine that will play out again and again and again throughout the book of Acts. I'm going to show it to you in the book of Acts as well. He says... I know you need comfort. I will not leave you comfortless. I'll send you another comforter. But he said, there is one catch. The world cannot receive him. This, doctrinally speaking, here's the way I would put this. Jesus is God's gift to the world. 
Anybody in the world can receive Jesus. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how ugly you've been. I don't care how nasty you've been. I don't care how hateful you've been. I don't care how many crimes you may have committed. You could be like Paul and be a murderer and still find the hope and forgiveness that is found in Jesus. Because the Lord is good to all and his mercy, it endures forever. Jesus is God's gift to the world. And anybody at any time in the world can receive Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is God's gift to his kids. If you've received Jesus, you can also be filled with a comforter. Be filled with a comforter, a helper. When you're born again and accept Jesus as the the Lord and Savior of your life, you are born of the Spirit. But when you read the book of Acts and you understand what Jesus just said there in John uh, John 14, you see there is another experience available to every one of God's kids called being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you today, for some of you watching online, for some of you in this room, for some of you at Heiko, I'm telling you today, today is going to be a game changer. And for others of you who have this gift, for others of you who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, today you're going to be reminded to unleash the comforter in your life like never before. Because with the comforter, you can make it through anything. With the comforter, you can overcome anything. Because greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. Whom the world cannot receive. He said, but I'm going to send them unto you. You see this play out throughout the book of Acts. Go over here in John. Turn over the book of Acts. We'll look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, and let's look here in verse number 4. Acts 1 and verse 4. And being assembled together with them, this is Jesus being with all the people who were in the upper room. Jesus being assembled together with them, commanded them not that they should depart from Jerusalem. But wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard of me. When did they hear it? John 14, 15, 16, 17. Wait for this. He said in verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Now, before I continue, can we just all agree, especially those of you watching online, uh, can we all agree that regardless of what we have heard taught, in any other place, from any other speaker, no matter how good-looking they may be, that we will all bow our knee to the authority of Scripture. Even if it means, even if it means walking away from something somebody else may have taught us that does not line up with this. So Jesus said to his disciples, people who were walking with him, fellowshipping with him. He's like, look, I know you're going to be tempted to go out there and win the world for me. But he said, before you do this, you need to wait for what I was telling you about. I told you I would send you another comforter that the world could not receive him. But you can because you are a follower of Jesus. And he said, he will be with you and he will be in you. And I'm telling you, don't leave this place until he has met you right where you're at. So thank God they didn't. They stayed there, and watch what happened in Acts chapter 2, in verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were all sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire and set upon each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Did you notice that? All these believers who were Christ followers had a second experience where they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, this would be one thing if it was like, well, that was when the book of Acts started, and that was for the apostles, and, you know, this was for, like, the early church, and God needed to kick off his church, so he started with a dramatic event, and, you know, those types of things. It would be one thing if it was a one-off, but it's repeated all throughout the book of Acts. Go over to Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8 and verse 14. We'll see this here, Acts chapter 8 and verse 14. Now, when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that the people of Samaria had received the word of God. Now, let's just stop right here. Here you see the disciples have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they're ready to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every nation. So they come into this place called Samaria, and they preach Christ unto them. These people not only heard Christ preached unto them, they received the word of God and became disciples or followers of Jesus. Watch what happens next. This is fascinating. Then they sent Peter and John unto them, verse 15, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive what? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. For he was yet fallen upon none of them, only that they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Now wait a minute. If this was just for those who were in the upper room, when they come to Samaria, which is a, part, a place that was far from God. You ever met anybody who was famous for their sin? It's like, wow, they're in church today. Have you ever had that moment? Samaria, Samaria was famous for their sin. But how many of you know, no matter how famous you are for your sin, Jesus wants to meet you because Jesus is God's gift to the world. They come and they preach Jesus to them. They received Jesus. Not only did they receive Jesus, you read it in your Bible, they were baptized in water in the name of Jesus. Sealed, baby. Christ followers. Still not filled with the Holy Spirit. See what they did? They didn't say, okay, here's the most important thing we got to do next. You got to memorize the Old Testament. You got to come to prayer meetings and have you started tithing? They said, here's the next thing that needs to happen. They need a comforter. So call Peter and John and have them come down and teach on this. Come down and teach on this other comforter. And when they heard of this, they said, I want that too. And they laid hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. These believers, these Christ followers, were filled with the Holy Spirit. For my final piece of evidence, go over to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, and we'll, we'll close with this. I say close, I mean, I'm going to teach for another 10 minutes at least. Acts chapter 19, verse number 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast to Ephesus, finding certain, notice, disciples. So these people are followers of Jesus. They are disciples. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Believed on what? Jesus. So he says, You're disciples. You're believers of Jesus. So let me ask you the next question. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? So apparently, even though they were Christ followers, they still had something they could receive. What could they receive? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the world can't receive the Holy Spirit. 
He can testify of Jesus and they can be born of the Spirit, but apparently once I'm born of the Spirit, God wants to give a gift to his kids. What's the gift? I'm giving you a comforter. Why? Because you're going to go through tribulation. And when you go through that tribulation, I'm going to give someone who can pray for you. I'm going to give someone who can strengthen you. I'm going to give someone who will anoint you. I'm going to give someone who will help you. I'm going to give you someone who's going to be an ever-present help for what any trouble you find yourself in so that you may be comforted and you may give comfort to someone else. So their first question was not, once again, hey, do you, have you guys made a decision to like go to the next class and really find your place in the local church? Like their first question went, you're a believer? What church do you go to? Not their first question. You're, you're a Christ follower? Do, do you know what Isaiah said about what we're going through right now? Not their first question. Their first question was, you're a believer? Yes. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And watch what happens. They say what a lot of people would say today uh, in verse number two. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not heard about the Holy Ghost. No one's taught us about this. And he said, well, what baptism were you baptized by? And he said, well, John's. Verse four, and Paul said, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, which is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So here, he finds that they're disciples. They're like, okay, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit since you believed? They're like, no, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. He said, well, what baptism were you baptized by? They said, well, John told us that Jesus was coming. And we heard from John that Jesus was the Savior of the world, so we received Jesus. He's like, amazing. Have you been water baptized? They said, no. He said, well, come over here and we'll water baptize you. So he water uh, baptizes them in water. But notice what happens here in verse number um, 6. And when Paul laid hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Tongues is inspired utterance in an unknown tongue. Prophecy is inspired utterance in a known tongue. They had not been to Bible school. They weren't apostles. It wasn't even one of the the original apostles who told them about this. This was not Peter. This was not John. This was the apostle Paul. Paul wasn't there in the upper room. Paul wasn't talking to a Bible school where he's like, okay, we have people who are called. You're called. You're called to ministry. You need the Holy Spirit for your call. He's like, no, no. You a believer? Yes. Okay. (laughs) We got to talk about something. You need the Holy Spirit. And this beautiful picture plays out, and they lay hands on them. And when they lay hands on them, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, these people who hadn't heard about even water baptism were speaking in the Spirit and speaking out inspired utterance with a known tongue in prophecy. Out of their belly were flowing rivers of living water. This is what Jesus talked about when he spoke of the Spirit. It's amazing to me how people will argue about tongues. It's like if I told you, well, did you know in Lebanon they speak a different tongue than we speak? Oh, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Well, did you know over in Kenya they speak a different tongue than we speak? Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Did you know over in Bolivia they speak a different tongue than we speak? Oh, it makes sense. And we should, you know God has a tongue. No. No. It blows my mind. I'm not even an emotional feeler. I'm a logical thinker, but just logically that makes sense. That if every nation could have a tongue, we don't believe God could have some tongues? Come on, somebody. I mean, come on. (laughs) 
God says, look, I know. I know that in life you're going to have some things that you can't, can't fathom how you're going to make it through it. And I know in life you're going to have some things that knock the breath out of you. And I know that you're going to have some tribulation and some hard times. This is why I'm telling you, I'll not leave you comfortless. But I'm going to send you another comforter. And this comforter is going to give you a gift where you can pray out with words that you don't know. And somebody says, well, why is that important? Because there's sometimes you don't know how to pray. You don't know what to pray when someone's close to you has passed away. You don't know where your spouse may be located at if you're single. And it's like, well, how would I ever find them? You, you may not know, but the Holy Spirit does. And did you know that when the Holy Spirit prays, he prays in line with the perfect will of God? Did you know that oftentimes when he does pray, it comes out as even groanings in your own soul? What is that? a gift of tongue. But here you see this picture in Genesis of like this, this place that is barren and void and there is no life in Genesis 1. But in the middle of all this, you see the Holy Spirit hovering across the face of the deep. And as the Holy Spirit is hovering across the face of the deep, you see the words of God begin to issue out of the heavens. And as those words begin to issue out of the heavens, the Holy Spirit begins to move to be a performer of those words. And it takes that chaos and it takes that darkness and it took all of that junk and turned it into a beautiful world with mountains and flowers and trees and beaches and a universe where you can peer out of it and see the bigness of God. All because the Holy Spirit began to work with God-ordained words. And God comes to you and says, I want to give you that gift. I want to give you a gift that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I need, I need you to have some inspired utterance that it's not just you talking. That sometimes it comes out as prophecy and it's a known tongue. And sometimes it comes out as, as tongues in an unknown tongue. But either way, it's inspired by me. And when those words get active in your life and those words begin to come out of your life, the Holy Spirit begins to work to take that chaos and to turn it into something beautiful. To take that chaos and to bring counsel to it. To bring wisdom to it. To bring strength to you. To help navigate you through that season. Tuesday, I sat down in that chair and just began to pray in the Holy Spirit. I know I have a counselor. I know that counsel's in the heart of man like deep waters, but a man of understanding will draw it out. I know I have a counselor in me. I felt weak physically. I know I've got a strengthener in me. Begin to give place to that ministry, the greater one on the inside of us, for he shall be in you and he will be with you. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's counsel began to kick in. He said, why are you emotional right now? I said, because of all that happened in the past. I have so many great memories. So many things that I experienced with this individual. So many moments. He said, what was all that born of? Like it was born of you. Moments in worship that I had with you. Moments of laughter that I had with them. Do you know anything that produces life is of God? Laughter's of God, singing's of God, joy is of God. He said, that was all born of me. But he said, did you know that when you're looking back, because that's all you're doing right now is looking back at the past, and you keep seeing how with each moment and each day you are one step further away from the past. 
What you're not seeing is that there is a future in front of you where everything that was born of me in the past will be glorified by me in the future. And that when you live this life, even without those loved ones, you are not just one step further away from them in those moments. You are one step closer to them with each day you wake up. One step closer to those memories. One step closer to those moments. One step closer to that worship. One step closer. He's like, that's why you don't have to mourn like those who have no hope. What is that counsel? What is that comfort? How do you have that? The Holy Spirit. How the Holy Ghost. You remember that Mary asked, how shall these things be? You remember what the angel said? The Holy Ghost. (laughs) The Holy Ghost will come upon you. How? How can you ever make it out? I'll tell you how. I got a comforter. I have the Holy Spirit. How will this ever turn around? I'll tell you how. I've got the Holy Ghost. How can you be happy right now? I'll tell you why. I got an advocate. I got a strengthener. I got a standby. I got an ever-present help in a time of trouble. How are you going to make it out of that? I'll tell you how. It's not me. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the spirit of the living God. That's how. That's how. Well, it's impossible, I know. But God begins where impossible starts. Right now, when when possible ends, that's where God kicks in. And you have that. And my question to you today is if you're a born-again child of God, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you? Have you had your Acts 19 moment? your Acts 2 moment, your Acts 8 moment? Have you had your 1 Corinthians 12 moment, your 1 Corinthians chapter 14 moment? Could you be like Paul and said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all. That I will pray with my understanding, but I will pray in the Spirit. That I'll sing with my understanding, but I'll also sing in the Spirit. Do you have that in your life, out of your belly rivers of living water? If not, you can. And for those of you who do, I'd ask you this. How much are you giving access to the Holy Spirit? You have this counselor. Are you allowing him to comfort you or are you numbing yourself? Are you allowing him to be God to you or are you numbing yourself? Are you giving place to the ministry of the Holy Spirit by praying in the Spirit? I I really will close with this. In the book of Isaiah, there was this dry, barren land that the prophet Isaiah saw. Nothing was coming to life. And in the middle of this dry, barren land, he saw a house. And out of the house, he saw a river begin to come out of the door of that house. As that river began to flow, they measured it. And they said, the the water's to our ankles. And they came back and they measured it again. The river just kept flowing from the house. They measured it again. When they measured it again, they said, the water's to our knees. Then they came out and said, let's measure it again. They measured it again. They said, the water, it's to our waist. And they said, let's measure it again. They measured it again and said, the river has gotten so deep, all we can do is swim in it. And when it got that strong, it began to move all throughout the land. And the Bible says it was healing water. And when that healing water began to touch those dry, barren places, it all began to come to life. It all began to flourish. It all began to change. It all began to be healed. It all began to be be restored. And Jesus comes and says, let me help you with the analogy. I have called my house to be a house of prayer. And when that house of prayer gets rivers of living water flowing out of that, house. That river will bring healing to whatever you need healing to. For the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. We know what not to pray for as we ought. 
but he gives us a spirit who makes intercession for us with groanings and utterings. And as we do that, we pray in line with the perfect will of God. You have your own Genesis one moment where everything's out of order, but with the help of your helper, the help of the Holy Spirit, and those spoken words that are inspired by God, the Holy Spirit begins to work to line everything up. So for those of you who've had the gift of the Holy Spirit, can I ask you this question? How deep is your river? Oh, come on now. How deep is your river? How much are you relying on the comforter? How much are you giving him place in your life? I wonder if we could get our river deep enough where we could swim in it, where we weren't working anymore or forcing things. We were just flowing with the river of the Holy Spirit. I wonder what that would do for our children. I wonder what that would do for our nation. I wonder what that would do for our our, our families. I wonder what it would do for 2021. I wonder what it would do for our future. I wonder what it would do for our present. I wonder how it would help us heal from our past. What if we could get our river so strong coming from this house of prayer that it was rivers that were so deep all we could do swimming in. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Joel, I want to know the Holy Spirit. I want to receive that gift. We have something incredibly neat. No matter where you're at in the world, watching this on CBS right now, wherever you're at in the world, you can connect with someone face to face. Here's what I want you to do in the room at Highland Colony on CBS online. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to text the word Holy Spirit to 313131. That's it. You don't have to do anything elaborate. Just text Holy Spirit to 313131. Someone will get in contact with you. And face-to-face, send you whatever information you want on it. If you're not convinced by what I talked to you about today, we'll send you more information. If you're still not convinced, we'll send you more information. If you're still not convinced, I'll mail you a book, but we'll keep working with you until you help to see how scriptural this is. Anywhere in the world, I'll mail you. I'll mail it to you. Anywhere in the world. But if you come and you see, I see that. I never saw that in Acts 19. I never saw that in Acts 8. I see that and I want that. And someone face to face will meet with you and they'll be giving you instructions on how you can go about to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me pray for you. Father, I come before you now and I just thank you for each and every person who's here today. I thank you that you bring healing and life and joy to their hearts. With every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're here at either location and you say, Pastor Joel, I need to receive Jesus. Maybe it's to give your life to him for the very first time or maybe it's to rededicate your life. If you're here today and you say, that's me, Pastor Joel, I I need forgiveness and a fresh start. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around. But if that's you, I want you to do something. I want you to surrender to Jesus right now. I want you to give him your life, I want you to give him your heart, and I promise you, grace is going to hit you in a fresh way. If that's you right now at either location, I want you to do something right now. No one is looking, but if that's you, I want you to lift your hand up all over the room. 
all over their hands going up all over the all over the room at both locations hands going up all over the room amazing amazing thank you lord jesus now everybody in this room just pray this prayer with me say dear heavenly father i thank you i am not my past i am not my mistakes i am not every mess up i've made i am forgiven and washed by the blood of jesus and jesus just as you have forgiven me i make a decision to forgive myself my old life it is over and father i ask you for new grace for me to be strong again i thank you lord my best days are starting right now in jesus name amen and amen can we give it up today for everyone